this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. You ready for it? I mean, it's a big show. Big show. I am ready. It's a, it's a big Thursday show. It's always fun doing shows about the election when we don't even know what the results are yet. Yeah. And that's happened so many times in my 45-year career. Uh, like uh, three, three times. 2000, 2016, and strangely, uh, not 2016, but 2020, and strangely, two years later. Mm. Weird. It's like it's speeding up. <laughs> We're getting so good at counting votes. Uh, we talked to um, to Carrie Lake about the vote counting in Arizona. She has some really good news. Um, uh, we also uh, start a campaign. I mean, I'm just interested in a couple of people. Um, you know, I mean, if Stacey Abrams says she's going to continue running, why don't we just start enlisting people? Why don't we just set, for instance, I think Rick Scott should run right now for the uh, head of the Senate. Just, I mean, it could be minority or majority leader, but I think Mitch McConnell needs to go. Hmm. We make that case. We do. We also talked to Daniel Horowitz about what's going on with the elections. John Gabriel is in Arizona. He's looked at the results as well. We'll get into that with him. There's a lot going on. By the way, Glenn, today you have a, a, a special uh, Q&A going on. Special Q&A if you're hearing this podcast before 2 p.m. Eastern. Otherwise, I think it'll be archived just yeah. for Blaze uh, TV subscribers. But you can um, ask any question, anything. We're doing this now with all of the hosts. It's a new feature on Blaze TV. Subscribers only. What is it called? Off the record? Off the record. And just punch on that when you, uh, when you look at all the options of where you want to go for uh, Blaze TV. Punch that and you'll see it. Any question. And uh, that happens at 2 p.m. Eastern. Also... Right after that, I am doing an interview with Benjamin Netanyahu, and I am really anxious to talk to him about the election over in Israel that made him prime minister again, uh, and also war, anti-Semitism, and if he will, and he may not, go into what's happening here in the United States. Brought to you by Built Bar. Every time I go out to eat a regular protein bar, which is never. So I don't really have anything to say about that. I've never done it. I've done it once, and it's like eating pieces of pine cones stuck together, okay? With roofing tar. That's how bad it is. But when I go to have a snack, a delicious snack, I reach for a built bar. Yeah, 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 I know. It's a protein bar. No, it's not. Those taste like crap. This is really good, and it's good for you. Built bar. Uh, most of them have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. They are so good. Go to Built.com. Get the uh, brand new 
Blaze Favorite Box. You're going to get 15 Built Bars with the favorite flavors of Steven Crowder, Steve Dace, and yours truly. You want to eat what I eat? Well, don't. It's very unhealthy, except for the Built Bar. Built Bar. Get it now. Go to Built.com slash Beck. Built.com slash Beck. And get your uh, favorites box from all of your Blaze favorites. Here's the podcast. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to it. I want to go back into uh, two things because it is close in the house. It is within four or five seats. We have 222 house seats right now. 218 were needed, but how many races are still undeclared? In the House? In the House. Oh, God. Well, yeah. It's The latest projection I saw was... I should give it this to you exactly. Because I, I will say, I'm worried about... Um, the House. I, I'm worried about it because the projections you mentioned... What was it? MSNBC had a 220 for Republicans? 222. No, 222. Mm-hmm. So 222, you're talking about five seats. And they have control. If they switch, switch mm-hmm. from what they project as Republican... They haven't called 222. They're just projecting that 222 to two uh, to 217, which would give Democrats the majority. That's how close it is. So could they be wrong on five seats? You know, I mean, sure, a hundred percent. It's it's a these are things. Votes are coming in still because of these terrible laws in these states where you can receive mail-in vote as long as it's postmarked by election day. Now, of course, they say, well, we're going to keep these windows open because what if there's a, uh, a you know what if they're Glenn. Glenn, what about an armless soldier? An armless soldier fighting I I'm so for sorry, that's too bad. In the in the deserts yeah, no, of of Madagascar, somebody could have held the stamp up, so he could have licked it. That's fine, <laughs> exactly. And then that armless soldier searched around the deserts of Madagascar, if they if they have deserts, and and said, <laughs> "Please lick this stamp, so I can put this in." And they did it for months. And finally, on election day, they finally got someone to help them. Yeah. And they got it into the, and it was mm. postbox, postmarked in Madagascar at the post office, the one they have. And it was mailed, and it's going to show up in like six months, and we got to hold these polls open until it comes. No. Like, that's what they say. Now, look, I, do you pay bills, Glenn? Do you have any bills? My I guess do. is your lifestyle, got to be kind of expensive. <laughs> My lifestyle, kind of expensive. Right. A lot of people's lifestyle at this point with Biden inflation, kind of expensive. I think about my bills often. And you know what I do when I want to pay them? I send them in early. I don't send them in the day they're due, assuming they're going to go through it. I'm not going to get a late fee. Oh, well, Biden in office, you might send them in the day they're due. Yeah, okay, it's harder yeah, to send yeah, them in early. Right. I understand. But this one is just the cost of a stamp. If you actually care about voting, you can get that ballot there on time. You can drop it off anytime early. There's The polls are now open for 16 months before every election. There's plenty of opportunity to get your freaking ballot there by the day that it's due. And it's inexplicable that we put up with this nonsense. It's so ridiculous. And this is this part of it is all the left. It's 100% the left doing it. They want to keep these things open. They give you the sob story of the one-armed, uh, you know, a veteran out there trying to get his vote into Madagascar. Who is also trans black and yes, of a peg-legged uh, sex worker. <laughs> Right. Not that there's anything wrong right. with that. Right. Uh, so. so no arms, a peg leg 
formerly a man, now a woman and a sex worker. So there you go. While being a soldier. They're very, very efficient. They're very good. Yeah. So that's how close this is. And like while Republicans are favored in these races, they're not a sure thing. And I will say, like, I, I can't even imagine what the country looks like if Republicans wind up losing the House, first of well, all, for I will the country in and of itself. And secondly, you know, look, there's going to be a lot of people who do not have confidence in, in the, the results. And I don't think any amount of information, right or wrong, is going to persuade either side either way. I will tell you this. Um, I just would like to say to the mainstream press and everybody else. That if it didn't come out our way, we were supposed to be in the streets today rioting. Uh, does anybody remember that? It, well, it really hasn't come out the way we thought it would. And gee, I don't, I don't hear the mostly peaceful, mostly violent riots. There are no riots in the streets. Mm. Uh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Wonder if it would have happened the same way had the big tidal wave of red actually happen mm. wonder, wonder wonder what would have happened on our streets that would have been fascinating to yeah. watch um tell me about the uh um, from a distance the arizona <laughs> they are still counting how we're supposed to maybe find out tomorrow we will see on that one i'm not confident we will we will have that answer by tomorrow uh, I, i'd like to talk to somebody in arizona that knows anything about this and what's left counting we should see if we can get John uh, John Gabriel on. Okay. Uh, he he's a he he's out he's a conservative out in uh, in Arizona. I've been watching this stuff really closely. We should see if we can we can ask if we can get him on. Um, but he he uh, he's we talked about this before, and I know he's been following it closely. He's still pretty optimistic. He's more optimistic on Masters than I am. I, I I'm a little I'm skeptical that Masters is going to get across the line. I want it to happen really badly. How I, far skeptical. away is he? He's a couple of points away, isn't he? I think the right now the count is he's minus five. I want to say minus five. If he can pull that out at minus five, but that is just this is how the, the their count works, and it's the same way it worked in 2020. It feels much better to be on this side of it in some uh, like in some regard. <laughs> yeah, I know because you're you you start way behind and then you catch up. As opposed to Pennsylvania, where you start ahead and you start you start to lose that that part that's much more unfortunate. Um, here, so yeah, it's uh, about five points right now. Masters is trailing by ninety five thousand votes right now. Seventy percent of the vote is in. He will close that. That will not remain at five. It will get closer. I think uh, you never know. Well, it should. Saying, but it should. It should. Now, I, I because they count them in reverse. Mm-hmm. They count the day of last. Mm-hmm. Now, again, all this stuff should be the, the early vote should be ready to go the second the polls close. That's what should happen. Yes. It's what happens in Florida. It's why you know who won in Florida a couple hours after the polls are closed. Because d- it's it's actually efficiently processed. May, may I ask you a question? Yes. What, what, why, why don't they count the votes at the same time? I mean, Florida seems to be able to count the vote so they, at the same time. Florida pro- processes the vote. They don't release a count, but they process the vote early when they come in before the election they make sure so when they're when the polls close they can look at numbers and say this is how many votes came in early so that happens almost i mean not instantaneously but very quickly Uh, these are laws set by states Mm -hmm. now that's good 
It sounds like it sounds like why don't we have a federal law? Everyone counts it the same way. We all get. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want one point of failure. If you care about election integrity, uh, you certainly don't want one point of failure. And you don't, and you don't want, want it controlled the by the federal, federal government. government. That would be very bad. Very so having bad. different systems is not as bad as it feels. However, they should be sensible systems. And counting the vote is something where you can have a lot of uh, you, you, you can have a uniform way of doing that that shouldn't be passed by the federal government but people should take best practices there's not enough federalism going on here where people try different things we see what works and what doesn't and then people change we all saw i mean look no matter what you think about the 2020 election a lot it didn't people are not happy with the way it was done right and if you care about people anyone happy with that right even if you're on the left, right? You might like the result if you're on the left, but you can't be happy with the way that that went down and the way that people have had their confidence shaken in this process. If you actually care, like you say you do, about democracy, then you would care about mm-hmm. everybody, even the people you don't like and you think are evil hicks. You should care if they believe in the system. And so... Making this more reliable and understandable for people would be very helpful. The fact that every year I, who do this all the time, have to go back and reread all of the processes in all of these states to understand what the hell is going to happen this year is a problem. It shouldn't be that hard, but it is. It never has been this hard. And 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 here's yeah. the here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had problems with, you know, with voting and, and poll taxes and everything else. Oh, yeah. And that. I'm glad all of that is cleaned up. Uh, however, America in my lifetime has never seen this, never seen this. And it's almost as if some of these states are making it more and more painful. So we will cry out for a federal government to come down and fix this system. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, that's stay away from that. I've heard so many people come and say, uh, Glenn, we should. I mean, we got to stop this. This has got the federal government. No, they shouldn't. That's what the Democrats are trying to push through right now. That's the first bill. That was HB one. Oh yeah, they, they want, want that badly. They want it. And if you're worried about the fortification of your elections, uh, you <laughs> do not want the federal government as a single no. point of failure. No, for not only what might happen with crazy things here in the in America. But what does the Chinese government do with one single point of failure? One of the things we saw when 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 they were investigating the Russians Russia. and they're in because they did try to, of course, screw with the elections in different ways. And it didn't it did not affect the results of the 2016 election. I think but, this one was I think this one may have been it's been 2012. All, it's been all over the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Russia, yeah. of course, they're they're an adversary. Of course, yeah. they try to do this. But what they found in the research and, and, and stuff that's come out over time is that they couldn't even figure out how to do it because there's so many different systems handled by so many different people in so many different areas locally. They're there's used, too much. They are used to central command. Right. And when they started going into our elections, they couldn't do it. Because there is no central command. Right. And that's, that's good. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. But our states need to come up with common sense things. Surely we can Accounting we can each. find a way to make this safe, true, and quick. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening.
Well, we have to say hello and uh, welcome to Mr. Daniel Horowitz. With you. How are you, sir? Great to be back with you, Glenn. Well, I'm actually in a good mood. Our party won. Uh, yeah, uh, we're there. We're close. Are you confident that we have the house? Oh, I meant our party of one oh. <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right. There is, you know, I think this, I said this yesterday, and I, I want to go through your article because you feel the same way I do. Um, that is the future, I think, of the Republican Party is Ron DeSantis. He's a guy who's not angry. He's just very clear. He doesn't, he doesn't threaten anyone. He makes promises. And I think the next two years with him, it's going to be remarkable. He, he said he's going to march through all of the state institutions and cut this woke crap out. And, and Glenn, I think this is the internal discussion a lot of us need to have the next two years. Rather than focusing on the next election immediately, the presidential election and the politics surrounding that, the lesson from this election, while there's many known and unknown factors, one thing is clear. It is a tribal country. Um, The blue states got bluer, the red states Mm -hmm. got redder, and unfortunately, a lot of them in the middle are protected by this juggernaut of electoral chicanery. Some of it's legal, some of it probably violates the spirit of the Constitution, But it is what it is. Every single blue state is locked up with a communist nutcase uh, in every (laughs) position of power. The question is, you know, not so much, oh, you know, who should run for president, Ron DeSantis, this and that. It's why don't we have a DeSantis in every county and state position? Exactly right. Every other red state. That should be our focus. That's what we've been looking for. We have been looking as Tea Party people. This is what we've been looking for since 2008. Who will actually stand for the Constitution? I'm tired of standing against what the Democrats are doing. Stand for the Constitution. When I talked to uh, DeSantis, he said to me, this is a year ago. He said, I want to make sure that I have closed all the doors that reduce the power of this office as much as possible. So when I leave, there's nothing really the governor can do. That's the way it should be. And and yet you look in every one of these red states. You you start in Texas and you go up the middle of the country, the Rocky Mountain states, Great Plains, the Deep South. And you look at the departments of health, the departments of education, and they're still promoting versions of CRT. They're promoting the transgenderism. They're promoting global warming and sometimes implementing policies based on that. So that's the problem. The red states aren't red. We don't have our own firewall. We have it in terms of uh, the, the electorate that certainly doesn't want Democrats, and those are safe states in that respect. But name me another governor who's doing that. And I think that needs to be our focus. And obviously the school boards and county positions. And then not just the elections, but the off-season game. Every day in between the elections, we need to be fighting on those issues. I've always said the upcoming Texas legislative session, in my mind, is more important than the congressional session yeah. because they do have the trifecta control. Uh, so what are they going to well, do with very it? Weak house. Very weak house here in Texas. I mean, I, I find it interesting that places like Texas, uh, you've got weakness. 
And yet in a, a place like Arizona, which is really kind of a purple state, uh, you have Carrie Lake coming in and I think she's going to win. Um, but it, she's she's competitive in a purple state and has everyone's attention and eyes on her in the entire country. And that's only because she's just not going to have people violate the Constitution and tell her what, you know, the new word of the day is. And I think that's I think that's winning in any red state. It's a clear win for a, a governor. And that's really the model going forward. We could have a discussion on how we could win a presidency with the electoral map that the Democrats have built. And what do you do with blue states that seem to be impervious to facts and reason and economic conditions and crime? But what I want to know first is within our own sphere of influence in a state like Idaho, why is there the transgender agenda being taught within the public schools there? Um, You know, why doesn't North Dakota, which just won 90 percent GOP majorities in both houses, why doesn't that look more like Florida? And, you know, that gets into some of what you're talking about, the leadership races at the federal level, but it's true in the state level as well. These are all things I think we have a lot more influence over than the R versus D generic fight. I think we need to clean our own house first. Yes. Take the red states red before we could radiate our influence off to maybe the swing state. Well, I, I will tell you that <clears throat> I think it's going to come down to red states being the block uh, for uh, for the republic. I really do. And if the red states aren't really strong and strong through and through, uh, they're going to get crushed. You know, th- this this administration is doing everything they can to federalize everything they can. And if you don't have red states fighting back, I mean, look, the people who voted for, uh, you know, abortion, you can kill the child after birth that uh, that went through if people who are voting for that kind of evil and then don't see a problem with uh, Fetterman, you know, I, I got to tell you, you're in the wrong place. You got to get we've got to strengthen these red states. You got to get to the red states. Well, I want to fight for, you know, Pennsylvania. Good. Go for it. But uh, what are you expecting? A rescue mission at some point? You are in the minority and the people who are in the majority are really voting for crazy things. They're not going to get better first. It's going to get worse. You know, when we were talking pre-election and we were reading the tea leaves thinking they would win a lot of these states, win large majorities, there was a part of me that was concerned that it would create this massive rhino caucus of blue state Republicans that would constantly be looking over their shoulders with tenuous control, trying to pander to them. And I think in many ways, this just reaffirmed what what many of us are thinking is that we need some sort of de facto national divorce that. We don't really have the ability to save them, but we need to save ourselves, save our own life, liberty, and property from the blue state morass, from the federal tyranny. And that's the good news. While there aren't as many state trifectas as we thought, there still are more red trifectas than blue ones. And we don't need too many. We have one. It's time to grow that, that roster. Unfortunately, in some blue states, as we're seeing with the leadership of the House here in Texas, the rhinos get in, you know, they, they, they just they don't run as a Democrat because you'll never win as a Democrat. 
Um, and so they just run as a Republican and they become these wishy-washy rhinos that stand in the way of a lot of really good things. And, and this really needs to be the focus of, I think, conservative media, conservative influence. This is where we can have an outsized share of influence rather than focusing 100% on the D.C. soap opera. Look, they're going to say we don't have enough power or control to do uh, what we want there. Well, in a state like Texas, why do they give half the chairmanship to the Democrats? Hmm. Um, you know, why do you have weak leadership as speaker? And these are the things we need to start pushing, legislation. I mean, I think this is an area where Trump could be very helpful. Rather than just holding, uh, you know, election rallies, hold legislative rallies, rally behind bills to ban grooming in Texas, like Brian Slayton wants to do, um, for Texas to build the wall, uh, legislation to nullify any federal unconstitutional act, you know, things like that, obviously medical freedom. So there's going to be a very narrow window come January where these legislatures convene. It's all very quick. And picture you got, you know, 20 minutes in the king's treasury. You can get anything you want. They have strong majorities in many of these states. What is it we want? We don't have to wait for a trifecta in Washington, which might not ever materialize or work for us. We could fortify the roots of liberty right now in a number of states. So let me go to the national here for just a second. Um, the, the, I believe, and I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on this. I believe the Republicans, when and if they get the House, need to come in like just as a storm and not start with the uh, the hearings, but start with legislation, common sense, uh, big, bold legislation, one right after another, even if it won't pass in the Senate, just pass them, pass them, pass them, pass them. So that way you can say, really, I'm a do nothing Congress. We've done all these things and these were all good for the economy. These were good for the free market. These were good to stop the tyranny. Oh, and we're also doing investigations. What do you think of that? That's what the Democrats do. And it always works before you can mobilize opposition to one. You're on. Correct. Um, this is what DeSantis was doing every day. Come out with a new policy. Um, so in this case, yeah, I mean, all the stuff on energy, getting rid of every global warming regulation, uh, defunding grooming throughout the federal government. Then you go on to medical freedom, getting rid of the biomedical security state, the emergency powers of the president. You go on to getting rid of liability protection for big pharma. You know, let the Democrats run on being the, the party of the big the pharma. Globalist. Um, you defund all the surveillance, the surveillance state. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of evidence that the abortion issue might have worked against Republicans in some states, but what if they fortified themselves by being the champion of, of real privacy against the government uh, biosecurity state and, and just the surveillance in general? Um, you know, selling off federal land, that's going to be a big one. Most of the West is owned by the Fed, so how do we even have red state freedom if the Feds own half the land? Exactly right. Um, these are all visionary ideas that we didn't really hear in this kind of Kevin McCarthy website, whatever it was called, it, it did not match Newt Gingrich's contract with America. No, it didn't. And it was really missing. They pointed out there's a lot of crime. There's a lot of inflation. Um, and, you know, in a sane world, people wouldn't have voted for the Democrats in that environment. But we can't afford to pull any punches we do have and can throw 
given the firewall they've built up culturally, structurally, politically, electorally, and education system, we can't afford to miss an opportunity. Okay, so Daniel, I want to talk to you because I think there's a lot of people, I know I am, I am ready to hold their feet to the fire every step of the way. So I read uh, Rick Scott's uh, 26, you know, policies that he would want to, uh, that he was pushing for. Education, Department of Education closing, U.S. military, zero diversity training, um, and no affirmative action uh, federal funding, strict mandatory minimum sentences required where a police officer is, is shot. Uh, any attempt to deny our Second Amendment freedom opposed and stopped. There are some there's stronger things from Rick, Rick Scott, and I would love to see Rick Scott be the guy to challenge Mitch McConnell, because I think McConnell needs to go. Whether he's minority or majority, he needs to go. Who is is McCarthy a guy that we can trust? Because I don't think so. I never understood how he was able to escape the widespread repudiation of the Republicans of the past. Remember the young guns, Eric Cantor, Paul Ryan, and Kevin McCarthy. I think everyone recognizes that that the dawn of the era of the prior to is over with. And and somehow he, he oversaw the GOP trifecta. It's important people understand this. He was the majority leader when they had the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and yet still they, he, they passed almost every budget bill with a minority Republican support, majority Democrat support. Um, this is a man that does not really have an ideological core. I, I, when, when you're thinking of what we're facing, to me the best description of it is your interview with Whitney Webb. That's what mm-hmm. it is. It's, it's something you couldn't define 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, yeah. this feudalism, transhumanism, this, this private-public partnership to literally control every aspect of our lives and destroy life as we know it. I just don't hear a throbbing heartbeat in someone like Kevin McCarthy that he understands that, that so who does? going on. Who has it that the people could get on the phones and just burn up the phones and Tell Congress, their local congressman, enough is enough. This is who I want you to back. Who would do it and who could do it? You know, in our home state, in Texas, there is one man who seemed to get more votes than anyone else for Congress, and that's Chip Roy. I love Chip. Um, He is someone that has been more vocal. I don't know if he wants to run for leadership, but he's kind of in the Freedom Caucus leadership. See if we can get Chip Roy on the phone. Gordon has said he wouldn't. Jim Jordan said he wouldn't challenge uh, Kevin McCarthy. So it's going to have to be someone who's willing to do it. And maybe it would be a guy like Chip. Okay. I'm going to call. We're going to call Chip. See if we can get him (laughs) on the phone. Uh, Do you agree that the American people, I think they're at this place where they'll do it. We have heard call Congress. Call. I think the Republicans now are so serious about you're done with me. I'm done. If you don't do this, this term, I'm done. Show some courage. Show some patriotism. Show some loyalty to the oath you just took. Do you agree people are there? I think they are, especially because they are upset about the underwhelming results, which I think, again, in my own devilish way, I think it does work to our favor because 
I, you know, a large majority of big victory. I just think it would have put a Band-Aid on the problems we've always had yeah. with this party. You know, people thought when Trump won in 2016, it would flush it out. But the truth is, we still, to this day, have the same leadership. I mean, these are the same guys that that drove people to, uh, you know, eschew all the establishment candidates during that presidential election and go to Trump. And yet, somehow, they're still still yeah, fine and kicking. The time has come. Yeah. Thank you very much. Daniel Horowitz uh, from uh, Blaze TV. God bless. If you haven't seen his podcast, you need to watch his podcast. Also, he mentioned mine with Whitney Webb. Uh, I'm telling you, this is the most important hour. You really want to see what's at stake and what is happening right now. You watch Whitney Webb, the website or the uh, podcast I did two weeks ago. By the way, I'm doing a podcast with Benjamin Netanyahu, and Blaze will have it today. Peace of mind and staying on budget. It seems like decades since that was a reality, but that feels pretty good right now, doesn't it? Because if there's one thing you can expect this year, it is the unexpected. And that's why American Home Shield exists. As a member of American Home Shield, you will know your budget, your time, and let's be honest, your sanity all covered. Choose a plan from American Home Shield and keep your budget goals in check this year. They offer a choice of three great plans to help cover the cost of repair and replacement parts of any major home system and appliance, no matter their age. So keep your home up and running and on budget with American Home Shield. Right now, take $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. Go to ahs.com slash Beck. Save 50 bucks ahs.com slash Beck. Do it now and be sure with the shield. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Carrie, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you, Glenn? I'm, good to talk to you this morning. I'm good. I am trying to figure out if I can let myself be happy yet about your victory. <laughs> I'm hearing... Let me, let me help you be okay. happy. How's that? Okay, good. Do it. Do it. Well, first of all, you know, I think what we've learned in the past several election cycles is that our election officials can control the narrative. It's real easy by the amount of votes they release, by the amount of results they release. And that's what we have going on here. It's become politicized. And we are going to win. I'm 100% confident in that. I'm looking right now at the latest numbers I got. And there are 621, a little almost 622,000 votes left to be counted here in Arizona. And they're slow rolling to count. 24 hours, more than 24 hours past the election. Yesterday, they only counted just over 60,000 votes. This is outrageous. They're doing this intentionally, in my opinion. They're, they're not speeding this up as they should. There are, and let me just tell you why we're going to win, 384,414 election day mail-in ballot drop-offs. Now, these are the people who don't trust bringing it down and putting it in one of those drop boxes. These are the people who don't necessarily trust even the Postal Service with their mail-in ballot. They walked it into a polling place on election day. We already know those are going to trend heavily toward us. Two to one, maybe even three to one. And there's a huge majority left to be counted there. We also have 17,000 drawer three. Those are the ones who, when they showed up 
at their polling place on election day. Oh, wow, the machines aren't working. Just put your ballot over here in drawer number three. And we have a provisional ballot, 16,000. These are ballots, the vast majority that are to be counted, that are going to go heavily to us. Right. And we know we're going to win this. They're, they're trying to delay the inevitable. And they're really embarrassing Arizona once again on not just a national stage, but a global stage. What would they be wanted the... to write the obituary of the America First movement on election night. And the America First movement is alive and well. They haven't taken anything away from this movement. We are still strong and we're still going to win and continue to fight for America First ideas. If you have those kinds of numbers still yet to come and they do indeed fall like that, there's a good chance that we have a senator from Arizona as well. I, I do believe that these could push Blake over the top. I really do. I've talked to Blake yesterday. He's in pretty good spirits. You know, he's a little bit closer than I am. Mine, mine will definitely fall. And I think we could end up with a very nice victory. Mm-hmm. His would be a little bit more of a squeaker, but I think they're going to go his direction. When you look at 384,000 votes that are people who dropped him off on election day. I mean, there's a chance we could get 80% or more of those. If we want to be very conservative, we'll, we'll get, you know, two out of uh, maybe 50%. 50%. Yeah. 50, more than 50%. And so we're, the, the ballots that are left to be counted, and there's a lot of them, like I said, 622,000 ballots left to be counted, they're going to skew heavily in our favor. And I'm only down by a few thousand votes right, right now. So if so, people understand in the rest of the country, Arizona, Arizona does it the reverse way that everybody else does. Everybody else counts the night and then they count the other ballots that are coming in. Arizona, for some reason, counts the 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 pre-election night ballots and then counts the day. Right. And then the day ballots. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And they drag their feet in doing this. This is the same thing they did in the primary, Glenn. Why? And why? What is, their, what is their uh, reasoning to do that? Why do you think they would do that? Well, you're asking me to get into the head of, of a man named Stephen Richer and Bill Gates, who's on our board of supervisors. And frankly, that's not a place I want to be. Right. Um, all I will say is they did the same thing. They slow rolled the results during the primary. Took them days when they finally, when I finally got a tiny bit over where I was beating my opponent, they announced it right then and there. So the headlines read, Carrie Lake wins in a squeaker with, you know, a half a percentage point. Then they finished counting the rest of the ballots, which were all in my favor. I actually won the primary by five points. That's wow. a nice win, especially when I was up against spending, wow. uh, my opponent spending three to one on me. She spent $30 million. So they want the story, they want the narrative to look like it, there's no energy here. We have a massive movement. We have energy that if you could, if you could somehow contain this energy, you could make you know uh, the most powerful energy source <laughs> in Arizona right now. Yeah. None of that has changed. We're just waiting for incompetent people to do their job. And we're willing to wait. But I will tell you this, when I get into office, It'll be at the top of my list on day one. We're going to start to reform our election so we are not the butt of all jokes and our great, wonderful citizens aren't waiting for days to find out who won an election. It's it's inexcusable. Yeah, it's inexcusable and disrespectful to the people of this great state. And we're not going to have it anymore. We're not going to have it anymore. Carrie, 
best of luck to you. I uh, I think you've I think you're over the hurdle. If you know, if uh, you know, it, it turns out the way it usually turns out in these situations for Republicans that they have a lot more of the share on the final uh, final polls, which I think yeah. is true. Um, I, I can't wait to see you in office and see what you're going to do. There is there are three parties. I think there is the Republican, the Democrat and the DeSantis kind of style party. And you are yeah. you are part of that. Yep. Well, we're going to do big things for Arizona. I'm already working. I've, I've got a transition team. We're working to, to do great things. I'm not going to slow down because Maricopa County can't get their act together. Mm. We are moving toward governing this state, and I'm not going to slow down because they can't count ballots. Do you, and they're dragging this out. Do you have a, a result at all on the uh, attorney general? Well, Abe, I think he just passed across and he, he actually uh, announced that he's won because he is now ahead. Okay, good. Good, good. Glad to hear that. You can't so, go in there without so, a, with somebody who wants right. to sue you from day one. These are, these are a big, big drop of ballots that have yet to be counted that are going to go our way. And I want people out there to know that we will win this and we will do great things for Arizona. And they've, they've unfortunately taken a lot of people who are already pissed off, if I can say that word, mm. and they pissed us off even further. I know. So we are even more motivated to do big things and do them quickly. Yeah, good. Uh, Kerry, best of luck. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks, Appreciate it. Appreciate God it. bless. Bye-bye. Um, Kerry Lake, uh, that is, uh, that's good news. Uh, we, we also have somebody who is, is watching this uh, very, very closely, uh, somebody who I think you're going to do an extensive interview with uh, today, right? Yeah, I think, I think we're going to. Uh, I guess we can ask him here in a minute. John Gabriel is with us. John, how are you? I am doing fantastic and always up for an extensive interview. <laughs> so uh, you are a contributor to the Arizona Republic. You're Ricochet Editor-in-Chief. Uh, and you've been watching the ballot counting and the ballots in Arizona. You're from Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep. And so you know, is what uh, Carrie just told us, is that accurate? Yeah, from what I heard, what she said, yes, it is accurate. Uh, this is it's frustrating because just incompetence on the on the part of government officials, something conservatives are very familiar with. We're used to them being incompetent, but as Carrie said at the end, there it's like people were ticked before. Now uh, we are far more so. Um, there is no excuse for them to take this long. Brazil had an election a couple weeks ago. Yeah. they counted the whole country in what three hours. There's yeah. no excuse for this. Yeah, th- this is ridiculous. Um, and, and it, you, you do believe that Kerry will win. Definitely. And definitely. Yeah. <sighs> with the votes that are out and where they're coming from, I think she's going to be in Abe, um, who I worked with before. Great guy. He's going to be in and the rest of the GOP ticket, the squeaker right now will be Blake masters. Um, boy, it just looks like it's 50, 50 in me. So we're, we're hoping oh. the whole team gets in. Holy cow. That would be, I mean, that w- we would have. We'd have what we need then if we didn't, right? Exactly. Would we, we stew in Congress? I mean, in the Senate. Hang yeah. on just a second. Hang on just a second, John. In the Senate, we well, would still need more than that, right? You'd need two of the three outstanding races. You need Nevada, uh, Arizona, and Georgia. So Georgia, obviously, we know is going to a, 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 a runoff. So if you could pick off Nevada and Arizona, though, you get to fifty-one. 
You can get to 52 with Georgia after that. But if Arizona, if Arizona comes through, you're in a pretty good position there because Nevada still, I think, is a, is another one that, that looks to be around 50-50. Yeah, but it looks, I, I think it's stronger looking than Arizona. Yeah, I think if you get Arizona, you, you I, mean, I would, if I had to put these in order of most likely, I, the last one, would, my, my, my lowest hope would be Arizona, Arizona probably. I, I mean, am I being too pessimistic on this, John? I don't think so, because I think uh, Laxalt is going to get this thing. They're obviously, Nevada's our next-door neighbor. I think he is going to be in. It's just so tough to tell right now on Blake Masters, and I really hope he just surged in the past couple weeks. Um, He is just great on the stump, a great guy, an honest guy. And, boy, if we could get Laxalt and Masters and hopefully – get Georgia to turn our way in a month, um, that would just be a fantastic group of people who would be listening to the voters for a change. So, so John, the, the motivation for the, the uh, what really, the Secretary of State who is, is running, what is the motivation to slow drip these things out and make it look like this? Yeah, it's it's completely maddening. All she is doing is uh, burnishing her um, incredibility, is that a word, mm-hmm. um, at running basic elections. This is a woman who did not show up to her job. She showed up, what, 19 times in the past year or so. What? And, uh, she is- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this election gets more and more bizarre. <laughs> she didn't show up for any debates, and she only showed up for work 19 times in the last well, year? She she needs some self care time, Glenn. You know, there, it's a tough world out there. The oh rest my. of us have to show up to our jobs. But yeah, Katie Hobbs, uh, she got to the office if memory serves nineteen times in the past year. You know, COVID. I guess that's excuse. I don't know. This is not oh someone who is uh, eager to do her job. I would be fired so fast. Every, I mean, the network would just go, uh, bye bye. No, no, come on. I I showed up 19 times this year. Oh, my gosh. Oh, only in politics. Only in politics. I was only showing up 17 times a year. (laughs) The year before. (laughs) I want to raise. At this pace in multiple decades, I'll be like a pretty familiar face around this place. (laughs) I'll need an office and a phone. Uh, uh, Wow. Okay. So uh, that's good news. When... Are they estimating? Because I heard Saturday. I think we should know before Saturday. I'm hoping at least. Uh, look at me being optimistic with Maricopa County vote counters. That's a little crazy <laughs> on my part. But um, there's going to be big dumps. Come Well, that sounds rude. There's going to be big voting <laughs> pools that are going to be coming in um, like 6 p.m. local time. So that's mountain time. Um that's when they usually come in. You'll have a few votes um, popping in from the smaller counties around the state. But Maricopa is, of course, the big prize, and it is trending big-time GOP. So we're hoping um, the next night or two to have some big changes and big numbers to announce for Republicans. Let's, uh, is it, can I ask, it, the way they count the votes there, is it is it kind of like, do you remember... Uh, I don't know if, if you've ever been to like a party and somebody puts like a, an orange under their neck and then you have to pass it to the other person <laughs> and then they have to pass, pass it to another. Is it kind of like that in Maricopa County? Is that how they're counting the votes? Because this seems a little slow. 
I think that would be an improvement. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, they're doing that with a little lottery ball numbers. Um, yeah, just utterly incompetent because, as you say, uh, they were a laughingstock, you know, in 2020. And now they just sat around, showed up to work 19 days, and now they're like, hey, why aren't the machines working? Basic competence, people. That's I, all we asked. I got to tell you, it was was it was, it was uh, West Palm, wasn't it? In two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was West Palm. Yeah. They got it right. They they in their four year ter- ter- you know t- uh, time they fixed it. They fixed it. It's it's incredible to me that this is still going on in Maricopa County. It is you're becoming the laughing stock. Except nobody's yeah. really laughing. You don't really laugh with a pitchfork and a torch in your hand. You know, generally speaking. Exactly. Yeah, it's getting angry out here. <laughs> All right, good. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you both. You bet. Uh, you got to do something wow. about this when this stuff happens, right? Have this, to. They, they spent Have two to. years not doing anything in Pennsylvania and, as well to get that reformed. In in you know Nevada, it seems terrible as well at this. You got to you got to take these steps. And I bet you that they will. Uh, Carrie Lake will. Yeah, she Car- wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she will. Uh, and I bet you that we won't hear about it until Saturday. I bet you because that nobody's paying attention and then it just kind of happened on Saturday and she's right. You know, why would you do that? Well, to take the wind out of the sails, if she would have if they would have counted it that night and it would have been three, four points and Masters won or was even close. The the narrative over the last three days would have been dramatically different. Na, 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 na.